Welcome to Tell Me More, Tell Me More, the podcast. I'm your host, Leah. And I'm your host, Adicia. And this is a movie musical podcast where we watch a movie musical and then we talk about it. And we have come to the end of November with our entry of Sister Act 2. Why not Sister Act 1, you may ask, for the very same reason we did Cheetah Girls 2 instead of Cheetah Girls 1, you know? Um, so, like, if there's if you are like looking at this and you're like but i want a sister act one review you know you can let us know and we may do it um that all being said what is your history with this movie my history with this movie well this movie came out in 1993 and i'm pretty sure that i have been watching it for as long as it's been out honestly i (laughs) i don't really remember a point specifically in my childhood like the first time I watched it but I know I've watched it several times I think initially I did not know who why is this name escaping me it's so important that's ridiculous thank you (laughs) I don't know why that happened but I didn't know who Lauren Hill was and then I think one of my parents told me she was in the Fugees and then she looked significantly different when I saw her in the Fugees. But yeah, no, I, I've always liked Whoopi Goldberg movies. I've, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I just, I like, I like the movie, man. How about you? Uh, I don't really have that much of a history of it. I think maybe a few years ago, most definitely less than four or five years i watched sister act one and two like back to back for the first time and i rewatched them again literally this like spring autumn whenever whenever the first lockdown happened um i watched them then and yeah that's that's really all the history I have with it. Um, so by the time I watched it, I'd already like really seen Lauren Hill and Jennifer Love Hewitt and stuff. And I was like, I know who they are. They look like such babies. It's adorable. I love it. Um, but yeah. Oh yeah, Jennifer Love too. Hewitt is in this movie. And she's so adorable. She's so small. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But yeah, I mean, we can get okay, and, into it. Um, and Didi, Didi Magno Hall is in this as well. You know, Didi Magno Hall, the voice of Pearl from Steven Universe. Oh wait, what? <laughs> no, she is. <laughs> what do you mean? Yes, she is. <laughs> she's just she's just one of the students in the class. <laughs> How did I miss her? <laughs> <laughs> How did I? I'm like I'm serious. What? <laughs> I, I I looked at the cast listing and she's listed as a as a student in the class. That's that's wild. That's so wild. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love that look on your face. Just like pure disbelief. Just like. <laughs> <laughs> Like what? Okay, and I'm gonna need to go back and <laughs> uh, and look that up. Like, look 
at a, a school scene, at the class scene, and try and see if I can spot her. Um, wow. Okay. Look at that. <laughs> oh, good. Um, but yes, I, I suppose we should just uh, get into it then. Yeah. So, uh, Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit, sequel to Sister Act 1. They literally wasted no time filming this. Sister Act came out in 1992 and Sister Act 2 came out in 1993. But, uh, for Sister Act 2, we meet Dolores. Now, this, without, like, prior context of the previous movie, a lot some information is going to be lost but we meet Dolores Van Cartier who in the previous movie um, dressed up as a nun to hide from her mobster uh, boyfriend it was Um, kind of like she had uh, seen something that she one of those things those like um, witness protection type things where she like she witnessed a crime went to the police and they were like we'll protect you become a nun and um, she for the majority of it is very upset at this revel at this like development yeah. in her life yeah. and then like but she does the make day a good friendship with <laughs> yeah like she makes a good friendship uh with the nuns there despite their intrinsic differences so when we meet Dolores again she is still in Las Vegas, um, but she has a lot more fame now. Whereas before, she was just like a lounge singer. She now has like a full stage yeah. show. Like she has yeah. backup yeah. singers. There's multiple costume changes. It's a whole so, yeah. thing. There's a, and like a I believe it's her where she's like lifted into the air at one yeah, point. Yeah, like it's it's like a performance. Above us, like Pinkwood. I think it's her final show i don't know if it's her final show in that venue or it's her final show like all together i don't know we don't get context for that we just know that it's her last show and so she's going all out and then in comes three of the nuns uh, from the previous movie sister mary patrick sister mary mary lazarus and sister mary robert um don't worry about who they are so much right now. But they come in, they see the show. She realizes that they're there. Uh, she welcomes them on stage, and then malfunctions start to happen with the pulley system, and she goes flying. Um, she handles it like a champ. Um, but after the performance, she's catching up with the nuns. Uh, they initially say that they've just come to see oh, her and like, because just they... by the way like the songs that she's singing in that medley oh, right. are um songs that were like in the previous movie so there, there's a lot of like callbacks within that i don't know minute and a half or however long that part is yeah. um to like songs that they did before and it's like oh <laughs> remember when <laughs> last year <laughs> But, you know. But, uh, yeah, so initially they say that they're just there to um, see her because they are hitting the road pretty immediately. Uh, But uh, after some back and forth with uh, her manager, who we never see again, um, the nuns confess that they're actually there 
on behalf of the Reverend Mother, who um, she actually butted heads with a lot in the previous movie because of her uh, antics, um, she is she has sent them to request her help because they now work in a school in San Francisco. I don't know where the previous movie took place, um, but I think it's a different uh, place for them. But they now work at St. Francis Academy in San Francisco, and the kids are wild. The Apparently, Dolores went there as a child, which is coincidence, of course, but the children are running amok. She has no control over them, and now she is asking for Dolores' help um, because apparently she works miracles, and they need a miracle. Um... Which is like that's a lot to ask <laughs> from a Vegas showgirl. Like it really is. It really like, is. Like I get that she was here last year and like helped y'all gain popularity as a church and like I don't know, helped y'all grow to closer together as men, who knows, whatever. But like to be like, Hi, the school is falling apart. We need you, a person who has a no education background, to come fix it for us. I don't know. That seems like a lot to put in a person. It really is. Um, but she agrees to to go with them um, and to disguise herself as a nun once again in order to help the Reverend Mother because she's not actually the one in charge of this facility. That goes to Father Maurice, who is actually the principal of the school. We... Um, meet a few of the other fathers a bit later but um Dolores arrives at the school they take her to her room which they gas her up a little bit saying that oh the facilities the facilities are much better than they were um at the previous place <laughs> they get inside because that was like a whole thing in the first one too <laughs> where she's like I hate it here <laughs> and they get inside and it looks almost exactly the same <laughs> And the one sister's like, curtains! You have cur- you have curtains. That is that is the improvement. You have curtains. Here you go. You're welcome. It's it's an actual disaster. And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like improvements, ma'am. But yes, she gets settled in back into her habit. That is why it's called back in the habit, because the nun's wear is hey. called a habit um i just i just figured we should explain that (laughs) they go and they meet the fathers they meet uh father maurice i think she meets initially um the nuns tell her tell him that she worked previously at a women's prison and (laughs) she was unaware of this information so initially she goes with the tactic that is like oh i hated it there it was it was so terrible and (laughs) He was like, "Oh, but the but the sisters said that you really enjoyed your your time there." She had to bullshit artist her way through the rest of that conversation. Um, later on, she met Father Thomas, Father Ignatius, and Father Wolfgang, who is the chef. Father Ignatius is the math teacher, and Father Thomas was the Latin teacher. I think, mm. I believe, we'll go with that. They meet over dinner. They have a nice discussion. Um, Dolores is 
or in this case as she's going to be now known to the rest of them as sister mary clarence as was her previous name um Mm -hmm. is going to be the music teacher she is a loud singer that is the appropriate thing and also in the previous movie she helped shape uh the choir into something of a success so she's kind of expected to do the same thing here hopefully she gets a bit lost on her first day and she is escorted by Father Ignatius to the music room that is currently being held in place by uh, Sister Mary Lazarus. But as soon as she arrives, Mary Lazarus leaves, and um, is just is just prepared to 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 give over to to her. Uh, Sister Mary Lazarus basically uh, leaves her to it but not leaves her completely she's still hanging outside the room with Father Ignatius as uh, they wait for her to actually see what it is that she's about to deal with the music room is a mess the kids are uh, chanting cold beans and collard greens they're having yo mama offs uh, between each other they're rapping people are sleeping it's it's a whole thing yeah and she she takes a few steps in realizes what's happening and then immediately leaves again and father ignatius is just to her like have faith sister <laughs> and then mary lazarus is like I don't remember exactly what she says, but it's akin to if all else fails, kick some butt. Um, And she seems to be emboldened by their words. So she goes back into the classroom and takes her fingers, her nails to the chalkboard to get their attention, which is successful. She introduces herself and then... uh, tells them to rearrange their desks in order but they do it in kind of a lackadaisical they're not really paying attention to her they don't really care about anything she has to say they don't know her so she takes the nails to the chalkboard again to get them to be quiet while they do it which again is successful um and they kind of listen to her basically she begins to engage in the roll call and Going through, we get introduced to a few of the main characters. Uh, we get introduced to uh, Frankie, who is like a white boy rapper, kind of a kind of a guy. We get introduced to Sketch, who is sleeping, um, but he has a um, an evening job at a grocery store. So that is why he's sleeping, but he does um, great art and Sister Mary Clarence Dolores acknowledges that um, but just warns him that he can't sleep in her class uh, we also get introduced to his 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 name on paper isn't Amal but that is all that I know him as um, who is a very uh, Afrocentric roots kind of like yeah he's like respect, that is my government respect to the motherland <laughs> That's my government name. I should be. I would like to be referred to as yada yada. (laughs) 
which Sister Mary Clarence does respect. Um, she doesn't call him by anything other than a mall, I think. Um, and we get introduced to Rita. Well, we also get introduced to Maria, who is a she she she's kind of she's not necessarily comic relief but uh, every everyone is kind of comic relief in this movie <laughs> if i'm gonna be very honest yeah uh, but we get introduced to rita who is played by lauren hill and she is sort of the ringleader she's like the one that has the most clout uh people listen to her word the most as she's going through the roll call she's just like let me let me speed this up for you are we all here and then she's like we're here and i'm like that's so, not how roll call works it's not to establish it's really not <laughs> it's not to establish if the people who are here are here it's to try and see who isn't here and by process of elimination ma'am <laughs> what it it really it it really doesn't i don't know yeah but um she introduces for the first time um in this session i believe the phrase if you want to be somebody if you want to go somewhere you better wake up and pay attention um becomes it, it it's it's sung in the background we have the music for it before we ever really get the um the proper song mm-hmm. also they introduced the so idea person- that this the the class is like a like basically like it's basically a past class where if you just show yeah. up you get the grade um which is why they yeah, don't give a, a shit it's a bird course yeah but someone who is terribly important that i forgot to mention is mr crisp who they met at the dinner. Oh, right, right, right. Um, formerly. Mr. Crisp is uh, the... What is he like? The tr- tr- He's responsible for the accounts, for the money, for the school. Um, he, he allocates uh, where things should go if they have any at all. And he seems to oh he's the administrator he seems to i felt this never came about in the movie Mm. but i felt like he was embezzling funds from the school like that's just me yeah i also i just thought that that was the case (laughs) like i also assumed it never comes happening it never comes up in the movie so i just assumed that maybe that was a thing that I just inferred but if you say that you also feel that then maybe I'm justified (laughs) Um, but he's a school administrator he is there um, keeping the direction of the school as per the wishes of the board who comes to to visit um, which is why I bring him up the board comes to visit and they are basically telling father Maurice that the school doesn't have it's not making money it doesn't have much money and it's likely going to be closed um Father Maurice seems uh disheartened by the news but it doesn't seem terribly unexpected and Mr. Crisp is very blase about the whole thing just saying that it's 
probably going to make more money as a parking lot than uh, than an actual school. Mm. Which I feel like is partly his responsibility to, to, to make sure that that's not necessarily the case. But you know, like, that's not my business. Mm-hmm. Um, Sister Mary Clarence overhears it. She doesn't mean to eavesdrop, uh, but she does. And she hears this entire thing. And also the fact that Mr. Crisp, he, he wants early retirement, essentially. Uh, don't know if he's going to get it. She immediately shares the news uh, with, the, with the others, uh, the other nuns, rather, not just anyone. Back in class, time is nebulous, but back in class, uh, she is instructing the students again in if you want to be somebody if you want to go somewhere wake up and pay attention and the girls in the back uh who are dion and i don't remember who the other one is um but she they end up singing together suddenly and she sees that the kids have uh singing rhythm they can sing well together um, like there's been there's been a few scenes at this point where she's had to like go out to the schoolyard um, to the basketball court and bring them back inside because they're just being delinquent. No, um, there's the one where like because... they're doing you got the flow, who got the flow, or something like that. And first of all, yeah. we get a really great like moment of Lauren Hill doing her thing, and then <laughs> then we get a really nice moment <laughs> of um, Dolores being like. I got the flow. You gotta go. Grab your bags and let's all go. Ooh, ow, ow, yeah. Or something <laughs> like that. I don't know why I find that. Like it. It's really funny to me. Especially just like, hey, <laughs> ow, ow. <laughs> but yes, after hearing the kids uh, can sing, uh, she decides to turn them into a full choir. I'm doing this out of order. I'm doing this terribly out of order. Um, Because I missed the part. I missed several parts immediately. I missed where the kids have a meeting on the street. Oh, I I forgot about that too. (laughs) Yeah. The kids have a meeting on the street and thoroughly decide that they want nothing to do with this nun that is bothering them. Uh, They're like, how do they... we get rid of her? And then there's a line where the white guy's like, yeah, because like, not only is she a sister, she's like a sister, sister. And the other, like one of the people's <laughs> like, he's not a sister of yours. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? <laughs> um, <laughs> they do decide to make her life hell or something like that yeah they decide to pull a prank on her they um they put wood glue on her chest which wood glue doesn't dry that fast so it would it would like it looked like wood glue it didn't look like super glue it was too thick so but they do and when she comes in for the next class they're all sitting angels obediently just waiting for her she's immediately suspicious and i'm just like girl if you just took that suspicion a little farther Mm -hmm. until you got to your desk (laughs) it's like you were on the right track um but she begins the class like she would at any point 
and the the white guy who again whose name I don't remember. Um, I want to say Frankie. He no, but Frankie is the other white guy. Oh, you mean the Tyler? the the the, the uh, nerdy one, right? The small one. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Then I don't know. Tyler, maybe. I, yeah. I think his name is. I think his name is Tyler. Um. But he he keeps asking questions as she's going through her rhetoric. Every time she begins to sit down, he draws her attention, so she stands back up. And the other students in the class are they've had it already the first time it happens and the second time it happens they're losing their minds um but she sits down she gets they burst out laughing she tries to get back up her habit rips um and so she is stuck scooting herself through the hallways sitting on a chair while she's stuck which i would have just i would have just let it rip but i guess that's embarrassing although is it more embarrassing to be stuck to a chair scooting your way through a hallway i don't know i mean i guess Um, it depends on like how much it rips to what extent is she exposed in like a catholic school i suppose (laughs) but like i don't i don't expect that they wear nothing under the habit is the thing well yeah like but there's still like a level of exposure that i think would be uncomfortable for everybody involved yes so after such an occurrence we have um sister mary clarence having a uh, discussion uh with father thomas about the actions of the students um he confesses to her I believe that the school is going to be closing at this point. Um, he's already been made aware um, that she has told the other nuns. They they had a bit of an initial like pet rally to see what they could do to potentially um, save the school, but it's it, they they're not certain of what to do. They just know that if they're going to go out, they're probably going to go out with a bang. So they're going to put their all into the students um, because it's not like they're closing at the end of the year. They're closing at the end of the semester. And we don't necessarily know how far into the semester they are at this point, um, which is really sudden. Like, Let's just break that down for a second. They said they're going to close the school at the end of the semester. That means that's like, well, I mean, we're in a lockdown, so we kind of know what that's like <laughs> <laughs> when, when schools just were just like, it's closed now. It's like. What? But I feel like they have to give like notice yeah. to the parents. I mean, like you have to give. In our case, there was the, you know, expectation before schools closed that schools would close. There were there was that yeah. little bit of like, I'm sure schools will close. There's no way they're gonna keep open with this happening. And then they close, and we're like, oh yeah, yeah. that makes sense. But like here, there's no like. There's no, like, murmurings anywhere of, like, there's no funding in the school. There's no funding in the school. There's no funding in the school. You know, there's nothing that's happening in that way that, like, even the parents yeah. would be, like, even just sort of peripherally aware in order to make preparations for that. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's really stupid that they're, like, I mean, and you <laughs> won't have school and we won't tell you about it so you can't make any... Um, alternate decision like alternate um 
plans. Preparation. Yeah, that for like the future. <laughs> Fuck you. You know what I mean? That's that's really rude. <laughs> yeah. Sister Mary Clarence, Dolores. I keep going back and forth. <laughs> we'll make a decision eventually. Um, but will we? she is? I don't know, <laughs> but she's very serious about the class and Rita is her main um, like buttress for the first half Rita yeah. doesn't want things to change she wants things Just to be the way yeah. that she wants them to be I think we kind um, of the way that they've con- missed out on the scene where she leaves the class no that's that's the scene that I'm talking about now oh okay we're in the middle of talking about okay cool 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 <laughs> I'm like wait there's a point where she just like disappears from the class are we ever going to address that no that, that that's the that's that's why that's why I mentioned this <laughs> so um she's been her main buttress and at, at one point um during a class uh she I, and I believe it is after the um wood glue to the chair um she comes in very serious and explains to them that she has no issue with failing them if they don't want to take this class seriously and rita is not a fan of it none of the kids are a fan of it um they 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 just kind of they they understand that this class is an easy class and she's suddenly making it not be that so when that happens rita who again is more of a leader of the students in that class, um, decides that they're just gonna leave. Like she can't make them do what they don't want to do. And at the prospect of failing the actual class, like realizing that this is this is potentially gonna maybe stop them from graduating, you see that a lot of them, while they are pretty fun they don't mind having jokes and laughing and kicking back they kind of want to get out of school they don't want to get out of it in that way they want to leave and graduate and all those things and Rita is basically left out on a limb on her own when none of the other students go decide to go with her and Sister like, Mary Clarence we're not gonna bring... listen to you you suck da, 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 da. and we're gonna leave the class who's with me and everyone's like ooh sis I need a pass <laughs> <laughs> and she's like oh it's like that and she leaves and she's pissed cause like her friends did not back her up those spineless losers they really didn't they riled her up like they, they riled really... each other up to that point too like it's not like this came out of nowhere from Rita it's like they'd all agreed yeah. that like this is the course of mm-hmm. action and all of a sudden they're like actually? yeah it was it was it was literally sketch it was sketch because they were all getting up they were all getting up to leave and then sketch who I think is like secondary him and Frankie are kind of like on the same level yeah but he was just like a sister I can't fail this class and then Tyler's just like my mother would be very displeased with me and no one cares about that but I think it's like hearing sketch say he can't afford to fail makes him like think about the fact if they can't afford to fail like wait a second (laughs) like it's very good to be all riled up and in the moment like anarchy and like (laughs) do whatever you want but then it's like 
Wait, but, but like, can I afford that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like that, 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 like those TikToks I've been seeing going around of people being like, hey, Gen Z, I know you're really like enthusiastic and passionate and stuff. Y'all calling for a revolution. Do you know what a revolution is like? <laughs> Are you sure you want to do that? Are you sure that's the course of action you want to take? Because I don't know about it myself. And mm. that, that's just like what it reminds <laughs> me of where it's like, it sounds interesting and fun and great and like liberating and whatever on paper. But like in practice, there are many sacrifices that make need to be made and i don't know if you're all ready for that conversation rita wasn't precisely <laughs> and uh she was left out in the cold all alone but now we are back on track with the choir because <laughs> um after declaring that she is going to make them into a choir after hearing the girls in the back sing um the students are initially like not a fan they don't want to be part of some like choirs are boring. It's not it's not their style. And the thing is, they're all so musically inclined already. I don't see why. Yeah. I guess choir is like a dorky thing. And maybe I was just raised to see it differently, but maybe it's like, oh, it's a church thing. Like people don't like singing in choirs. That's so boring. Um, and I'm just like, but did you see Sister Act 1, though? They clearly <laughs> proved the choirs don't have to be boring. Um, I don't know. Because, like, still. I'm thinking about it, too. Like, I, there was never in when I was in school where we were like, being in a choir is lame. And maybe that's because I was part of the kids in the choir. And so, therefore, um, unaware of how know, lame I was. But, like... You know, it, it never occurred to me. Like, it, it, always on TV, they make it like, oh, Loserville. But, like, in practice, like, at school, it didn't feel that way. It was just like, yeah, we gather yeah, every now I and know. again to sing a song. And it doesn't even need to be a hymn. Sometimes it's like um, we were sailing along on Moonlight Bay. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. It was just like, I don't know, in in, in my in my high school a lot of kids just did stuff after school because um, a lot of their parents were working. Like, unless you had a parent that, or, or you had, like, keys to your house, um, <laughs> then you were basically stuck there until a parental unit came and got you. Yeah. Or, like, you knew they were home to let you in. So I just became quite accustomed to being at after school every day and finding some extracurricular activity so i was in a lot of stuff uh, uh i was not in choir but i was a music student so fair enough like i don't know maybe it's just maybe it's just me um but yes to further prove a point <laughs> that choirs um can be cool she takes them, the students, on an unauthorized field trip uh, to, to an old folks home where we greet again all the sisters from Sister Act 1 um, and they all sing um, Ball of Confusion which I love. I do. People moving out. People moving in. Why? 
Because of the color of the skin. Run, 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 but you're shocking high. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do remember that now. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll just have your audio of that. Um, it's, <laughs> I don't know. It's a really fun like, little number. I mean, it's very reminiscent of Sister Act One of having these nuns do like their old choreo to a song that they've appropriated. <laughs> I guess. (laughs) I mean, I'm pretty sure. Well, the thing is, I'm pretty sure they only know it because um, Dolores taught it to them. Like, we have to remember that she is. I'm aware. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying in the grand scheme of things, it's just that they're appropriating songs. (laughs) It's it's funny to think of it that way. (laughs) But yes, they sing Ball of Confusion. The kids don't seem impressed at all. And they say as much when they're leaving. And Dolores asks them what they thought. Um, But yeah, they just seem very not fussed about the whole thing. It doesn't seem to have proven a point to them. And Dolores is basically like, listen, you can think whatever you want. But when those ladies come onto this bus, you show them respect because it is hard to get up and sing in front of people like you. <laughs> and which is true because yeah. they already don't want to give you the benefit. <laughs> yeah. When you go up there, it's hard. Um, and teenagers are scary. They respect her work. <laughs> to perform they in do. front of. <laughs> but when they get back to the school, um, Father Thomas, Thomas is waiting outside um, with his smile, grimace face. Um, to let them know that Father Maurice wants to speak to Sister Mary Clarence. And he basically chews her out for having an unauthorized um, school outing. They need parental consent if they want to do something like that, which again, valid concern. But also, it's the fact that after this, he declares that there will be no more field trips at all. Which I'm just like, I feel like that's a little extreme. Yeah, like that's I mean, a, I can a see tiny his tiny overreaction. <laughs> like, I can see like maybe she's not allowed to carry them on field trips anymore. Like, I can see that happening. But just gonna ban school field school field trips altogether. Just like, well, I understand that this is to set up drama for later on, but still. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, Ugh. then it's like sk- kids who have never seen Sister Mary Clarence their whole time at the school are like, I can't go on school trips anymore? Like, what? That's a band? <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> After this, uh, I think the students then become aware of the fact that the school is, uh, oh, I forgot. Um, the choir the choir is kind of beginning to happen but not really um, she's set them up uh, in the old music room of the school um, it's dusty, piano's busted half on the floor Like I was surprised it could play anything at all <laughs> um, they're kind of going through uh, Mary Had a Little Lamb 
in this room. It's it's not a tragedy, but it's not good. But you know they're starting they're starting small. Is it just um, me? Like, am I misremembering this? But there's a bit where they start rapping. No, that happens in in that scene. Okay. <laughs> um, no, because um, she asks Frankie to sing "Mary Had a Little Lamb," and he's like, "I don't sing, I rap." And then um, he's like, "Hey, yo, sketch, help me out." And then it's "Mary Had a Little Lamb, feet was white as snow." Hey, it's it's fleece. <laughs> you don't have to prove that you can rap with Mary Had a like she's heard you on yeah. the basketball court. Like yeah. it's not. Ness anyway um <laughs> after um maria makes it evident that she does not know um mary had a little lamb and sings a love boat instead because that's appropriate <laughs> um they try to sing together it does not work well um and they have to begin going through slowly there are some minor scenes that happen um we won't get into them too much i think you can watch the movie um, it is quite easily available to you. Um, <laughs> but um, a scene that I want to bring up is Rita and Dion singing. Uh, well, it's initially the character that plays uh, Dion, who is Tanya. She is singing I is on the Sparrow. She has an amazing voice. Like we heard it for a second earlier, but it's it's very evident that she has quite a wonderful voice. Um, she seems to struggle with her lower register, which, I mean, it's a very low note that she's trying to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she decides to sing with Rita. And they sing together. She takes the lower harmony. And Rita just is riffing to the gods, just like sending it up and up and up and down and up and down and (laughs) (laughs) i mean she ah it's it's a lot Uh, (laughs) she is seen by sister mary robert who is uh doesn't mean to eavesdrop a lot of things get revealed to other people in this movie through eavesdropping um but like i didn't realize how common it was until i watched the movie again i was like no one minds their business in this place (laughs) at all everyone's just like am i listen i'm listening now do i need to am i supposed to know this probably not but we're gonna hear um but i suppose nothing would happen if they didn't eavesdrop which i understand which I understand. I understand it's for plot motivation, but I just feel like if you use the same plot device three, four times in the, in the same hour and a half, like, I don't know. There should be other mechanisms to share your news anyway. Um, she's not full eavesdropping because she just comes in the room and doesn't reveal herself um, until like she's right in front of them. There are so many runs in this. But yeah. That's what she sings. I sing because I'm free. Or something like that. They get interrupted. And the sister's like, oh, please don't stop. I just like the way she says that. (laughs) Please don't stop. But yeah, she uh, interrupts them. Uh, 
Dion leaves and Sister Mary Robert basically tries to convince Rita to join in Sister Mary Clarence's choir because Dion's already in it but she has a wonderful voice and they could always use an additional voice but which we will find out in Rita's backstory in like 10 minutes she is unable to um, see music as a life path and basically she's like so what if I can sing and she sort of rebuffs anything that Sister Mary Robert is telling her Which is uh, like, about the choir. Enough, she doesn't right? want to join. And like this is <laughs> yeah. more a point to the mother than anything else. Like fair enough you don't see it being like a career. But like what's the harm in her being in like a school choir in her Catholic school? You know what I mean? Like what is the true true harm of them going on I like think... a school trip to sing like all it's all like yes it's gonna encourage her and be like yeah she can sing or whatever but like it's not straight away like a gateway to a career it's it's just like a thing she can do with her extra time while she's at school yeah i mean like i think i think she would have understood if because we find out later that she does join the choir, but then her mother um, finds out that she's in the choir and then prevents her from being a part of the choir. But I'm just like, isn't the whole class now a choir? Like, isn't that just the structure of the class? Like, exactly. if she doesn't go to the choir class, isn't she going to fail the subject? Like, I feel like if she explained <laughs> that the choir is mandatory for music class, then maybe she would have understood but that, ne- that never happens. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand. At this point, to what Sister Mary Robert is saying, Sister Mary Robert then goes to Sister Mary Clarence and is like, you have to get Rita into the choir. <laughs> um, because Rita pushes past both of them in the hallway. And she's like, no, she's, she's really good. Um, and Sister Mary Clarence seems not impressed because Rita to her has always had an attitude but Mary Robert is convinced that it's something deeper which again we just explained to you what the deeper part is so that shouldn't be a mystery Um, so because she believes in what sister Mary Robert sees in her she goes um, on the street to find Rita after school and uh, basically gives her a book letters to a young poet um which basically is uh meant to be an encouraging uh factor in her choices basically deciding if if there's something that you want to do and you feel it with your whole heart then you should pursue it and you shouldn't stop and ask someone uh, yeah. how to do something when it is already intrinsic here. a part of you yeah I don't know if the quote itself happens here specifically, but there's the quote where she says, like, if you wake up and you can't think of anything else but singing, then that's what you're meant to do. Um, This is me paraphrasing. I don't remember. It does happen. It Um, does happen here. Okay. But yeah, so it's basically like if you wake up and before you do literally anything else, you can't think of doing living a life that isn't singing, then that is the thing that you're meant to be doing. Which is like fair enough, but also I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, there are a lot of other factors that go into you actually being able to achieve yeah. the thing that you want. Like, yeah. it's, it's not so strange to ask someone who's already attained the success how they did it. Uh, but nevertheless, she goes home, she reads the book, and she seems to think it over a bit. And the next day, she appears at the music class, and she joins and she's now a part of the music class. Um, we go through um, a few uh, sessions of the music class where they are basically losing their minds singing the same thing over and over again. They are in preparation for them to sing Oh Happy Day at uh, before the whole school. Um, now, we've seen that Amal who, again, is the neo-Afrocentric boy, um, he has a good voice. But like Sister Mary Robert in the previous movie, he was a bit shy um, with his voice. So um, she basically encourages him to project and to sing forth and do all of those things. So now at the Oh Happy Day session... Uh, the kids are up on stage and they're singing in front of the entire class and you could see the nervousness palpable in them and all of the lessons go out the window and <laughs> he's back to singing to like five inches in front of him like it's a whole thing and she's just like y'all are gonna have to do better than this <laughs> if you want to prove something um so she takes them back to a comfortable spot which is the la la la's that they were bored to death singing, but it kind of resets them. Uh, which. Yes. <laughs> also, they go through like. Yes. They go through like four key changes in that song, which is a lot. Mm. Like. <laughs> um, but after the reset, he seems a whole. A lot more comfortable now and he begins to move away from them he goes down into the crowd they get into a whole clapping session everyone's feeling it keep going this is background music <laughs> but yeah he's out in the crowd he's he's acknowledging people to their face he's he's going out he's going back <laughs> that note is crazy I love it it really is like it's my favorite part of the movie and it it made me hearing that it made me so upset for the ending when um he doesn't he doesn't doesn't show it off again yeah Yeah. I I was just like but but whatever the note is (laughs) Ah, so good. I think it's even higher than that. It's yeah, I think it's way that. higher than that. Um, it's like it's a remix version of it is the theme song for the read the podcast, and like every week, I'm just like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, everyone's motivated now. Uh. And they all end together. They get a standing ovation from the students in the school. And the kids are like, oh, 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 crap. Well, like, I guess 
we're a choir now <laughs> kind of a thing like they fully acknowledge it for the first like time together um, and it's just a really good moment also this is the first time that I think a lot of the other um, teachers have seen what they've been doing because music mm-hmm. um, and I think it is just like revelatory to them mm-hmm. and then through the plot device of movies the nuns are going through their cleaning up storage and they find all trophies from an all-state choir competition because of course it is like how um, often does this she's... happen in movies because i'm pretty <laughs> sure i've seen it happen in at least two or three movies where it's like the school whose reputation in this one thing is like really really bad right now and then through a process of mm-hmm. cleaning up or something like that we realize that actually the school used to be the best at that thing and they used to get all of these mm-hmm. awards it's just that it's fallen off for some reason and then they go back to like their team or their whatever group and they're like you guys we used to win the first place award for all of the cheer competitions and all of cheerhood ever we need to give that back. <laughs> and it's like, okay. Sure. Oh, God. I mean, it, re- it really is just, like, the motivating plot device. I I couldn't list how many movies I've seen it happen in, but it has happened a lot. Right. Um, but, yes, the All-State Choir Championship... Uh, I think they've won it like in the in like sixty nine and like seventy one. I think with the with the dates. I don't know how many trophies they actually had, but considering this, I think is set in nineteen ninety three. They might have fallen off for like ten years or so. Who knows how long? Um, which is before the nuns got there. So fair dues to them. But upon seeing this. The nuns get the brilliant idea to enter the children without telling them first into <laughs> the all-state choir competition and then surprise them about it. Like, fully, fully aware, I think, of the fact that school trips are canceled. Like, yep. there are none happening. But they enter them anyway. And, of course, the students are like, what are you talking about? We've had one performance in front of the school. Like, we're not ready for an all-state choir competition. Yeah. We like, barely we barely held it together in front of the school. <laughs> like, yeah. like, we we pulled it together at the end, but good lord, we're bad at starting. Which, again, <laughs> is reflected in the competition. Oh, God. Though, to be fair, that wasn't necessarily her fault, but we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> so the students are entered without their prior knowledge, and it takes a bit of convincing, but they seem to convince each other, kind of, between themselves, uh, primarily through Franke and uh, Maria. They want to go to Hollywood. It's basically a once-in-a-lifetime chance. We don't really know how old these students meant to be but it might be like their last year together we aren't sure they seem on the older side of students mm-hmm. um but they, they seem like convince a, each kind of other. a range actually because like 
again, maybe she just has a baby face, but Jennifer Love Hewitt looks like she's at most in like grade ten. But then again, she she has looked young for like her whole life, I suppose. A, a, a very long time. That is fair. Like, um, I don't know. Maybe she was the actual age that they're trying to portray. I don't know. Let's see. How old is Jennifer Love Hewitt currently? Wait, let me guess. Oh, she was born in ni- 1979. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, really? Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but she can have been 14. Okay, so she's 14 in that movie. <laughs> or, um, yeah, yeah, 14, yeah. And Lauren Hill was... Lauren Hill was born in 1975, so she's just a few years older. So everyone is everyone is kind of the right over the range place. of ages. <laughs> uh, but yes, they convince each other to go um, on the trip. The only one left to convince um, is Father Maurice. Um, now, he takes a bit of convincing because he had already banned them going anywhere. But, you know, Sister Mary Clara's convinced him, tells them that the students, uh, they're really good. They could, they could win this thing if they, if they get, are given a chance. The school used to win that competition for years. And he relents and he decides to let them go. But as long as they raise the money themselves and each student's parental consent is attained, which from the get out should have been established um but yeah so they have to raise the money themselves so like she did before um sister mary clarence uh decides to hold a street party to help uh raise the funds and i don't know how she just magically manages to get all of these people to appear like they're nuns like (laughs) if you hear that the nuns are throwing a party like i don't know (laughs) I don't but maybe there's not a lot of things that are just happening in this section of the city um still uh they manage to get together they have a stage performance they have popcorn and cotton candy which again costs money where did they get these machines from (laughs) to like it's a fundraiser but like Maybe I just shouldn't question it. Maybe they just had them sitting in storage somewhere. Like, maybe it's a thing. Mm, to which but, gross, if uh, that was the case. Because, like, I don't <laughs> think anyone was using them. <laughs> I don't know. But they are singing a medley of Get Up Off of That Thing and Dancing in the Street. Um, get Up Off of That Thing. And it seems to be working. They seem to be raising the money. Uh, it seems to be going fairly well. Uh, it's also the first time. Well, not the first time. We've seen like other fathers, um, other other friars, uh, just momentarily when when they were initially discussing that the school is going to be closed and she wanted them to go out with a bang, kind of a thing. But this is the first time that we see that there are other like friars and sisters like they're they're in the they're in the windows they're on the balconies they're all like jamming out on the school thing and i bring this up because because of something that happens later on um but 
Just know that there are other people in the school besides besides them. <laughs> besides, like, the five people we so, mentioned. Yes. Um, they managed to raise close to $2,000, which is how much they... Um, practically how much they needed in order to get themselves to the competition and back and account for food and accommodations and things like that. Which, I don't know if that's accurate, but maybe they don't have to travel that far. Um, still, uh, Rita is singing her part for the choir. She's practicing at home with her little Walkman. And her mother comes home and she's surprised to see her mother home early. It seems that uh, she's been caught off guard. And her mother is just immediately like, what are you doing? And I'm like, she just has... I'm like, she just has a Walkman. She's just listening to some music. Yeah. Um, like, you have no says. context as to what's going on. <laughs> like, that she's practicing or anything like that. She's literally just singing in her room. That is an <laughs> insane level of, like, I don't want you to try to become a singer I've ever heard of. Singing in the room, ma'am? What are you going to ban next? Yeah. Singing in the shower? Like, what's wrong with you? I don't know. But uh, she takes the sheet music uh, from her. She takes the Walkman. Um, and apparently Rita's never mentioned that she's been in the choir for good reason. Um, but her mother goes into the tirade. Singing does not put food on the table. Singing does not pay the bills. Singing is no guarantee for a future, even if you have got talent. Mama, do you know I can sing? I remember <laughs> that part is just woof. Um, so could your daddy, and he died trying to make it. Mm-mm. That part, <laughs> but that part really just like, because even though it's not a conversation that ever happened in my actual life, just like it, it it just felt like it could be applied to different things um in life and I, it just struck me that she would just be so intolerant of her even practicing in her spare time right. like she she cannot afford to have spare time yeah. it's insane which is like to me. and i know that like and it it is a trope in like some movies too where like that is the case where like they're like you're not allowed to have fun ever like if you have free time then you could be using it doing something productive kind of thing which is like every time i ever see that kind of trope i'm like first of all you cannot tell me when you were a teen that that's what you were what you were doing second of all like they're a teenager like you know let them breathe oh my gosh like <laughs> um they they have plenty of time to be super serious and like not have fun ever again don't let that be from the age of 14 that seems excessive <laughs> to me it really is but she is thusly banned from going back to the choir apparently so she goes to the music studio and tells them as much uh, that she can't perform anymore after she is given a consent form. She tells them that she can't be a part, the nuns, that she can't be a part of the choir anymore. And Sister Mary Lazarus, Lazarus is like, give us back our consent form. <laughs> just so that we, the audience, are aware that she took one, but we just established <laughs> that she took one. So, I don't know. Still, 
she has now departed from the choir. The students, of course, find out about it and try to confront her about it on the basketball court. She doesn't want to speak about it to them. You know, they're, they're kids. They want explanations for things, um, especially if you had kind of been against it in the first place, but then you came and you joined and we made like a thing of it and now you're leaving again. Like, what's the deal? And I don't know if it's like, pride like not wanting them to be in her business feeling ashamed that she has to listen to her mother because it's something that she actually wants to do but she doesn't tell them anything um she's very tight-lipped about it and I, I feel like it's more uh like pride or maybe just feeling that they don't uh know or they wouldn't understand i don't know but uh sketch tries to convince her like we have to be like a team with this thing together like we have a real shot like we're doing something worthwhile and like i want you to be a part of it like be a part of this with us like kind of a thing we don't have a lot of time here and she she leaves she leaves because she doesn't she doesn't want to because i think these are all things that she's already aware of yeah um but these are she things can't she's go against probably her gone like through a thousand times since she's had to quit like since the second she's had to yeah. quit she's probably thought about it like a billion times and just like all of the things that they're about to say like i know bitch <laughs> you think that i do this <laughs> you think that i want to do this uh after she leaves sister mary clarence also goes to her apartment um to try to convince her mother to tell her to come back to the choir but her mother is just like like she's so like don't like her <laughs> like yeah. she's not uh, an empathetic character at all like I can understand but I don't empathize with her at all mm -hmm. so she just refuses to even acknowledge uh, Sister Mary Clarence's request um, and you can see Rita in the background of the um, of the moment as she basically dismisses uh, Dolores and says that she has better things to do um, both her and Rita and I think at that moment uh, Dolores kind of sees that maybe it's not well she either sees that one this is where Rita gets her attitude from and two maybe it's not necessarily Rita that has the issue at this moment mm -hmm. um, but you know she can't really like read into a whole lot of stuff like having just met the woman for two minutes still seeing that Rita becomes more um, steadfast in realizing that if she ever wants to do something that she really wants to she's just gonna have to do it so she has laid out practice papers of her mother's signature and <laughs> she forges her signature on on the um on the consent form so when the kids are all loading into the bus to go to the competition she runs in at the last minute and hands over the consent form uh she almost forgets um she just wants to board the bus but she hands it over folded and she gets on and they're off to hollywood now in the movie mr crisp has said before that he thought that he recognized Dolores 
which to me initially sure i was from like where. i was like what are you doing in vegas <laughs> but then i was like oh right yes at the end of the other movie they made a whole thing about making her like part of the news um yeah so yeah <laughs> but yeah the, my first reaction was like sir <laughs> be honest why are you in vegas <laughs> I mean, maybe he likes spending those bucks that are totally not embezzled, you know. Sure. Maybe that's a thing that he does. Um, (laughs) But uh, after they've already left for the competition, it is revealed that Mr. Crisp has finally had his um, answer. And he's found a magazine cover from literally the previous year uh, <laughs> uh, with Dolores on the front uh, and re- reckon- and like it's such a microaggression because throughout this whole movie like he's never gotten her name right once and it's not like a hard name to mm-hmm. say she's not the only um, black person there we've seen a, a black friar but she's the only black nun that we've seen and for him to consistently get her name wrong is such a bother to me, especially when it's it's not like a it's not like it's a black you know like a quote unquote black right. name, but like it's consistently a microaggression to get black people's names wrong, and it's it just it put me off of him. So so significantly he's discovered that she's not a nun he calls her sister mary fake um and like he's telling father maurice and father maurice is like oh my god i don't know (laughs) it's like i don't need this right now (laughs) so much is happening already (laughs) my school is closing the kids have left we almost had a scandal because she took them <laughs> the kid, the kids have gone with her. She's not a nun. <laughs> oh god! And so they they decide to go after them um, in a van driven by Father Thomas, who is like father, a sister, sister uh, Mary Lazarus. Just like they both cannot drive. <laughs> like the same joke, but different gender it's, it's the same. I, I swear the kids make it to the competition they're dressed they're getting dressed in their robes um the robes are a terrible color like i will say this with my chest those robes are awful they're gray and blue like what like what anyway like i know it's not meant to be like a fanciful thing like it's a very serious anyway um but yes they're getting ready they're getting dressed they have the pre-show jitters um they are um trying to prepare uh they're getting nervous because they're watching from the wings they're they're watching the other contestants and they're just like oh my god like these are like these people are serious you can see that they've been doing this their practice and to be fair it's not they haven't like watched this competition they don't know what it's like i'm gonna assume that they had a rehearsal because we know that these competitions have rehearsals so i don't know why they're so surprised but you know it's (laughs) it's for it's for the audience it's for the thing (laughs) sister mary clarence gets them together she tells them when when they 
<laughs> because they see um they see a particular uh group i forget what school it is they list off like so many schools and they go yeah. through so many songs uh in this in this section um oh it's the chapman it's the chapman college um but yeah they've they've seen a few groups and they've been impressed by a few of them but when the chapman college comes up they're like an army i think tyler says and they're just so intimidated not only because they're singing uh oh to joy as well like they're doing it like in, in a very classical sense classical harmonies like it's very uh chamber music and it's nothing like it's nothing like their style at all and they think potentially that they're gonna embarrass themselves Mm -hmm. sister mary clarence sees this happening um they're like half in their clothes half out of their robes like it's it's a disaster they're not ready and she again is like if you want to be somebody if you want to go somewhere we could pay attention you can't run all your life from things that intimidate you. Um, you have to like prove that you can stand on your own two feet kind of a thing. It's, like a, it's like a whole speech. Yeah. It's very encouraging. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> the, um, the fathers and Mr. Crisp arrive at the competition. Um, they try to get in through the backstage. Just, like their um, plan or whatever huge... is so stupid to me. Like, they're, these people are already at the competition. They all like every all of their ducks essentially are in a row. Why not punish mm-hmm. these people? Punish whoever needs to be punished after. Because like, what if they do win? Which, spoiler alert, they do. Like, mm-hmm. that's only good for your school, my guy. Why can't you wait? Why can't Why can't you wait? Why drive all the way? I don't know. It seems insane to me. The thing is, the thing is, I'm pretty sure that a competition that large has contact information. I'm pretty sure they could call yeah. somebody and say like, hey, I'm from St. Francis School. Um, we have just found out some information and this choir needs to be pulled out. Like, I didn't have to right. go there. This is for slapstick. Well, yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no other way. Um, they do the whole thing where they realize, like, oh, maybe we shouldn't be doing this, and then they lock um, Mr. Crisp or whatever in a room and abandon him, <laughs> and, like, and like that's their whole thing. They're mm-hmm. like, yeah, let's let's let these people do what they came to do, I guess. Also, having skipped over that Rita's mother um, comes home from work, ex- fully expecting her daughter to be there, <laughs> and she goes into her room. Her daughter is missing, AWOL. She's just like, Rita, Rita, Rita? And she goes in, and there's a note left on her desk. Um, it's basically like, Mom, I love you, but I gotta do what I gotta do. <laughs> that's that's um i know i know uh you wouldn't let me so i had to just go and do it anyway and i hope that you forgive me one day and she sits there and again i'm like she goes to the competition she goes and i guess they're still selling tickets because she makes her way in, or maybe she says that she's a parent of i don't know how she got in but she got in and she goes and she sits in a seat and I'm just like, 
if you you can't be that upset with her i'm gonna presume because if you were upset with her you would have called the school because there are other friars there there are other people in that school you would have called the school you would have gotten the information for the competition i'm pretty sure they could have gotten a message through to the students like i don't know like we've seen there are people they have the headsets like i'm pretty sure and you could have pulled her but no you're just gonna sit in the audience and intimidate the yeah, shit out of her this, this <laughs> just like next level like war tactics <laughs> like wow <laughs> it was it was so unnecessary but um yeah, no. Mr. Crisp is locked in a closet by Salami and uh, Father Maurice greets the, he greeted the students before they locked Crisp in the closet with the Salami. Um, but after the Chapman choir go on, Rita goes on um, and I think someone's doing like an interpretive hand dance and uh, is she the not music, like signing? Uh, the pianist starts. I thought she was signing. What? I don't think it was... I thought so too, but I'm not sure. Right. Fair enough. <laughs> like I, I don't, I don't know. know sign language I don't know AS, I don't know yeah. ASL. So yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I don't know ASL. So I'm just gonna assume that it probably is. But she goes on, and she's about to sing, and she sees her mother, and her face freezes. Like it just, it doesn't like show fear. It just goes completely dead still in numbness. She's just completely frozen. Like fight or flight? No, it's it's fight, flight, freeze. And she has frozen. And he he does the music a few, the intro a few times. And Sister Mary Clarence is in the wings just like what is happening? What is going on? Like, are you okay? Like, I guess maybe she thought that she saw how loud the, how large the crowd was and got intimidated, something like that. But no, it's just one person. It's just her mother. But by the third round of the intro, she pulls herself together and um, joyful, begins joyful. to sing Joyful, Joyful. With all the runs that she does, I can't do any of that. <laughs> <laughs> Backstage, we hear one of the one of the stage managers, I guess, being like, "Your teacher says take off your robes," and they're like, "What?" And it's like, "Well, if if we're gonna go out there, we're gonna go out there comfortable, at least some of us." <laughs> and I forgot that they won this competition. Oh, <laughs> you know, like it's such a thing, like with <laughs> it's such a thing with movies now where people like try their best and they're like they give a really good performance and they still don't win like they, they might not even place kind of yeah, a thing Camp Rock too. <laughs> so I just completely forgot that they won I was I was surprised I think this was still in the um, era it was a good performance movies where like the underdog won always I think it's the yeah. thing of like having the underdog lose because of course they did um became more of a thing once people were like hey guys i don't think this per- this team should have won they weren't that great um and like filmmakers are like you know what you're right like it's subversive to not have 
my ragtag team of of misfits win with two rehearsals and a chapstick. Um, so let's <laughs> let's let them lose. Their version of joyful, joyful um, takes the audience by storm. Frankie uh, and they're and waiting sketch in- rap. Joyful, joyful. <laughs> <laughs> In my life, I put them before thee. Since I was a youngster, I came to know that you was the only way to go. So I had to grow and come to an understanding. And I'm down with the key. So now I'm depending. Let you tell me who you're down with, see. And all I know is that I'm down with J.O.D. Yes. You're down with J.O.D. Yeah, you're down Oh man. It's so fun. If anything, please go watch that. It's so fun. <laughs> oh god, I know that bit word. I I know like all of these songs were for word because again, childhood. But right. like it's it's so good. Um but yes, they're waiting for the results to be called. They're going through the different schools. Um and like we mentioned, they win. You know, it's a surprise to all of us. Um, Sister Mary Clarence, she gets like flowers, I think. She raises them up. They raise up the competition trophies and all the participation trophies. You know, like when participation trophies weren't a thing that people yelled at you about. Yeah, no, afterwards, the diocese of the school comes backstage and is like, uh, the Reverend Mother's there as well. And she's like, oh, well, you know, that the school that just won is uh, the one that you're going to close down. And they're just like, no, we got to perform. For, we got to prepare for next year. What are, you ta- what are you talking about? What do you mean? <laughs> That's oh, the only no. way to not get your program shut down or get your school shut down. <laughs> Win a competition. As if it's that easy. But, you know. And now Mr. Crisp doesn't get to retire because they promoted him instead, which, you know, solves everyone's problems. I still think he's He's (laughs) embezzling, but still. Oh, yes. It gets uh, revealed to the students. That Dolores is Dolores. Yeah. That that, um, that showgirl. And she's like, excuse me? I was a headliner. (laughs) And then the movie's over and they sing Ain't No Mountain High Enough. All right. Let's get into our ratings. So, yes. So, uh, music and choreography. Uh, there's not much choreography except in the beginning and the end. Um, the choreography in the beginning is kind of more limited to moving around the stage but there's a whole flying sequence so that counts um the choreography at the end they're very coordinated children um i feel i i feel like it's it's like in my high school i don't think you could have ever managed to get students to like do that much do that much you know like they do a lot on the stage (laughs) while they're singing and i'm just like they just started singing but i guess these kids are athletic so um yeah no um the choreography i i would say for the ending bit just because it's so it's so bouncy and it looks like a mess but like from the top it's very coordinated so i would say uh and and the tunes are all bops like none of them are new for the movie but they're like remixes um 
on older songs um and the joyful joyful uh medley is a true bop um Mm. so i would say for music and choreography i would give it this is probably going to be nostalgia voting oh no um (laughs) i'm biased already uh i would say a four a four four out of four out of four out of five uh trophies all right yeah um this is technically a jukebox musical you are correct uh did not think of it that way (laughs) it just did not (laughs) ring to me that way even though i'm aware that like i knew like 90 percent of the songs outside of this movie um (laughs) and but like they're still good like they're still performed very well um you know standout moments being that high note in um oh happy day or whatever um all of joyful joyful like they have like little sections if you haven't seen the movie they have like little sections every now and again like like after the rap there's like a little girl group section there's a a, a boy group section um it's 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 great um yeah i don't know i really do enjoy a lot of all of that happens there i will give it 3.75 trophies okay now uh for story a lot of it is happenstance a lot of it is circumstantial <laughs> a lot of it is just like like the overall plot of them having to go to this woman to 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 bring her back to the school so that she can teach music and basically work magic to 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 save a school that they didn't know was closing but it was very lucky that she happened to be there when that news broke <laughs> um it's just it's just very like contrived yeah. i will say but then again the first movie of her becoming a nun in witness protection also a little contrived so i can't like <laughs> fault it i can't fault it um so i would say for story i could follow it through i i liked the bits where we got to see like the kids um like small backstories we didn't get to delve into a lot of them um just mainly rita um and uh yeah i think i will give it 3.75 i think 3.75 habits okay um yeah it is a story (laughs) like you said there's like a lot of it that just sort of like luck like (laughs) it's all just like um we find out or like this piece of information is found out through eavesdropping and now it is a plot point um (laughs) (laughs) like you said she's brought into the school sort of to revive the music class a little bit or help them with discipline which is like why would you call her for that but you know whatever um but then it turns out that like she's going to be very instrumental in helping save the school even though they didn't know that the school was in trouble it is a, a lot of stuff where it's just like if one like 
one thing hadn't gone exactly as it has up until this point, there would be no hope. But uh, it it has, and so you're lucky, and so we have the movie. Um, but yeah, outside of that, oh my gosh, these birds are so loud. Um, wow. And I thought that was a baby, not a bird. No, <laughs> those are birds. Um, but yeah, all of that being said, I will give it a three point five habits. And now, overall enjoyment, I overall enjoyed this movie. Like, it's very... I already knew the plot. So, like, watching it again, like, I'm... In the in the retelling of it, I might have mixed up a few story details because I've seen it so many times. It's just, like, I don't think I was, like, giving it my utmost attention <laughs> when I was watching it this time. Um, except for when the songs came on. <laughs> um but i will say um it's it's always gonna be a fun time to like it never gets too deep and serious with itself like it tries to impart a good message um while giving you some comedy so i can fully respect um the movie for that and i will say overall enjoyment i give it a 4.25 um worst i enjoyed it like a lot obviously it's so fun um whoopi goldberg is a fun time she has that like barbara streisand and energy i don't know how to articulate that in a way that might make sense to anyone who isn't me but like she has that energy (laughs) for me that sort of quippy sarcastic like very funny but like not necessarily trying to be funny kind of thing about her um and so i enjoyed that the songs were fun like i said so i enjoyed that um the kids are sassy (laughs) and so i enjoyed Mm -hmm. a lot of their exchanges um yeah I overall did enjoy this movie quite a bit, and so I will give it um, four four Our obsessions, we are obsessed. Our obsessions, we are obsessed. Now listen to our confessions. Now listen to our confessions. Our obsessions. Um, here all week. <laughs> this is the section in the podcast, if you've not listened to us before, where we talk about things that we're obsessed with, or like it's called obsessions, but nine times out of ten, I will just bring up something I read, like an article about, where I'm like, this is a fun thing or an interesting thing, musical theater related, that I want to talk about. So it's not always an obsession. It's not always something like, you got to hear it. But sometimes it's just like, I want to talk about this because like I have no one else to talk about it with. Um, so that is the brief description of the section. <laughs> and this week, mine and Odysseus obsessions are <laughs> the TikTok uh, phenomena <laughs> that is the rap- Ratatouille musical. 
it is a sensation. Yes. Um, <laughs> I I forget the original user. They've they've there have been articles written about it by now. Um, yeah. If you look up Ratatouille musical, um, but basically, what started as a joke, and it's still kind of a joke, but a very serious joke on TikTok about how Ratatouille should be a musical, yep. has spawned into this. I don't even know how to describe it. It is. A, like, a platform wide. <laughs> yeah. It's like a trend, right? It's like a trend like all the other trends, but like on such a different level because it requires so much more than most trends require out of you. Because um, like usually a trend is like, it's like a dance challenge or like just using a specific sound to make the same joke, but kind of different kind of thing. This is like people writing whole songs, making whole ass choreographies, designing um, costumes and sets and like thinking, I don't know, it's wild. It's so wild. It's, it's so impressive because you basically in the quarantine have taken all of these uh, performance artists all of these musicians people that can't get jobs and they're bored and now they're on tiktok and you give them the opportunity to to do a collaborative effort with random people everywhere and it's multi-generational like people yeah. attribute a lot of it to gen z and yes a lot of it is gen z but it's gen x it's millennial it's just so like yeah. It's it's just spanning so many different times and it it is so impressive the quality of work that they're producing for nothing for nothing for the for, for the app it's a, for... it's a Disney movie if lest we forget like Disney is not about to let us put this this shit on stage like cease and desist will be coming not. soon you know what I mean like there's no they're going to be like, absolutely not. And then write their own. And it won't be the same. I saw a TikTok like this uh, about this, like maybe a, a day or so ago of like someone being like, finally getting to see the Ratatouille musical. And then like watching it and being like, <laughs> they did a box step. I did a box step. They must, must have seen my video. And then being like, and then seeing the ending was like, it's not, it's not like the good one. It's not like the end. Cause like this would be the Disney official one, obviously. So in order to not have to pay the hundreds and hundreds of TikTok users that have written great songs and stuff, they would write their own music and it probably wouldn't be as as, as iconic. Not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. Probably wouldn't be, no. <laughs> but oh, yeah, man. if I tell it's, you it's so that hard to describe, I'm sure lives rent free in my in my brain like it, it does like any second of the day yeah, it's if gotten... you were to like <laughs> if you were to like get a brain sc scan and that brain scan could sing back to you it would be singing that <laughs> i just love that we've gotten to the point where people are arguing about if rewrites of that song should happen oh, and i'm just like me is not a ratatouille <laughs> well yeah but then people are like 
No, but you have to explain it. Like, it's not the humans that are singing it. It doesn't matter if they don't know that he's back there because it's the rats. The rats are singing Remy, and then Remy is singing the Ratatouille, and then Lunguini is singing the Rat of All My Dreams. And I'm just like, this is a little intense for a thing that's <laughs> I, not real. <laughs> yeah. There's another TikTok I saw that was, like, trying to explain that and was like, what if just earlier, a little bit earlier, we have Remy's dad sing it right being like Remy, da, 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 da. and remy being like dad ratatouille is a dish i'm not a i can't be a ratatouille ratatouille is a dish and then later on the song just comes back and remy's like oh, god okay fine let's just accept that this <laughs> is what it is now and i was like oh yeah that's that's a fair <laughs> that, that's a fair contribution like that could be the thing um but yeah i i don't know there's just also just so many i don't know good 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 contents is being made from this i just i love it i enjoy it very much <laughs> uh, do you oh have a God. favorite song um a favorite song uh it's it's the one that is uh linguini and what is the woman's name uh Colette. It's a it's a Linguini and Colette song and it's like Is it the uh, tango? Where she like starts. Yes, it's the tango. Him? Okay. Um, yes, it's that can, one. <laughs> I can find the name of the people who Okay. I can only find one of the the people who did it and it's not the person who wrote it. It's one of the girls that sang it with him. And that is Triple mm-hmm. A C A C I A. Triple A C A C I A underscore Acacia, basically. Um, but yeah, it's like the tango of if you want to work in the kitchen, da, 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 that one, right? <laughs> yeah, that is the one. <laughs> um, I, I love that what's, one. What's, well. what's yours? Um, that's also my number one. But I also do enjoy oh, okay. the song. Um, that um Fettuccini Fettuccine wrote that's like Remy's dad's song oh about the trash yeah because she also has a reprise for it where it's like darker but it's the same and that's real great um I like that that's one as well so yes Remy (laughs) Remy Ratatouille um it's I really enjoy it I think and like also the playbook I'm just like it's sad that it won't be a thing because it is again like intellectual property that technically belongs to Disney and we know Disney's MO generally so like it does make me a little sad that we'll never really in reality get to see a lot of this ever on stage represented and it's just like oh dang it the playbill is so good it's I know. so good i know i know like it it fully represents the musical like you see it's that and you're just perfect. like oh yeah ratatouille fuck <laughs> for the love of god please <laughs> it is perfect yeah um but i also had this thing which if i can find the article um that i just found to be 
funny or interesting only because I don't fully know the article the article is referring to. So Spike Lee is going to direct a musical about Viagra. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yes. We, okay, I'm reading this Why? from Inquirer.net. Um, Lee will direct the as-yet-untitled film from a screenplay he has co-written about the discovery and launch of the erectile dysfunction drug. It is based on a 2018 article in Esquire magazine called All Rise. Original songs and music will be written by duo behind the 2008 Tony Award-winning rock musical Passing Strange. Um, it doesn't name them, which is a little bit rude, but okay. Oh, Spike Lee directed a movie musical in 1988 called School Days, which I've never heard of, but okay. Um, you've, never, you've never heard of School Days? Never seen it. Never you should watch it. School Days. Is it good? You should or watch School this... Days. I don't know. It probably... It probably doesn't hold up, to be very honest. Nothing ever holds <laughs> up the way that you think it does. Yeah. No. Yeah, we can watch it at one point. But yeah, that's it. Spike Lee's doing a musical on Viagra. <laughs> Apparently. It's very like unfortunate that this article does not name any of... It says co-written, but does not say who the co-writer is. And does not name the people, the duo who wrote the song, which is really strange to me. Um, but you can look it up. Well, that's just a poorly out. written article, then. It is, right? <laughs> like, yikes. Do some work. Um, but anyway, since in the original article that I looked at, I did not find the names of the other collaborators, I went on a little search and found Spike Lee's co-writer is a British playwright who goes by the name of Kwame Kwe Amara. Oof, I hope I'm not saying that wrong, too wrong. And the music is by songwriters Stu Stewart and Heidi Rodevault. Okay. Well, I think that brings us to the end of the podcast. It does bring us to the end. If you would like to follow us on social media, on both Twitter and Instagram, we are TMMTMM Podcast. On Tumblr, we are Tell Me More, Tell Me More podcast.tumblr.com if you would like to email us about whatever it is that you would like to email us about tell me more tell me more podcast at gmail.com if you would like to listen to our favorite songs from the movies that we watch we do have playlists on spotify if you look for tmm tmm podcast and not the podcast itself but the profile You'll find three playlists, 2018 phase, 2019 phase, 2020 phase, which is a year that's coming to an end. So soon we'll have another one. Um, and you can also become patrons on our Patreon. If you go to patreon.com forward slash TMM TMM podcast, there's just like bonus things on there. By things, I mean like there's like four bonus episodes um, currently. Um, and yeah we might do other things currently we're at a place where we're not we don't have tears or anything but uh we might do in the future who knows i don't know that is that on that (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, yeah, okay. Well, anyway, thank you for listening to our November episode, Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit. Uh, we will catch you in the next one, which is Christmas season. Um, until then, though, I have been your host, Leah. And I've been your host, Odysseus. And this has been Tell Me More, Tell Me More, the podcast. See you in the next one. Goodbye. Goodbye.